Hello, everybody. This is Gary Kay, and you are listening to a special post-ISE edition of my Rants and Raves podcast. On the line with me today, I have Paul Harris uh, from Aurora Multimedia. Paul, how are you? How are you doing? Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, well, I, look, I, I wanted you to join me because uh, you're fired up from uh, ISE. Uh, you, you launched a really interesting, uh, sort of a different version, a different take of, uh, of AV over IP product that was, that was, um, that was accepted uh, pretty excitingly at the show. Uh, you're doing something a little different. Talk about that first before I ask you about the, the 10 gig versus 1 gig uh, challenge you have. Yeah, so um, we for the past few years since the inception of uh, the OptoVision SDVOE technology, uh, we released our first series, which was the IPX uh, TC1 series, uh, and that's when we first introduced uh, the first 10 gig product, which was the uh, no compression, uh, no latency product. Uh, we also started merging uh, technologies like Dante and uh, and AES67, kind of hand in hand. Uh, into those technologies along with extreme USB and we showed that there was a whole nother way to do these uh, higher quality type of uh, uh, deployments and we knew that 10 gig was headed in a direction where it, the prices were just kept dropping and the technology just could do things that, that the 1 gigs are not suited for. What did you launch exactly at ISC? Explain that to everyone that didn't get a chance to come by your stand. So, yeah, sorry. So at ISC, we introduced uh, the IPX TC2. Um, we've been shipping it for months now, but it was the first official uh, deployment of, a, of an operational unit at uh, ISC itself. But uh, they have been shipping for quite some time now. And the difference with the TC2 is it's based on the NT Plus technology. It's the world's only 10 gig transceiver. Uh, it does now 4K6444. It can do 100 microsecond um, latency, which is you know 0.1 milliseconds. It can do 3 millisecond scaling, so it's a, still zero frame latency all around. We can do 32 windows. We can do video wall modes. Um, we even have a wall plate for it as well. Uh, so we have the only uh, 4K wall plate in existence for 10 gig. Uh, and we just basically showed a whole nother ecosystem based on only two products. Uh, that's the beauty of it is it doesn't take a lot to do the building blocks. And we also did this in conjunction while Netgear was introducing a 60 port 10 gig switch that could be as low as $100 a port. So starting at around $9,600, we now have 10 gig switches uh, based on how it's populated. It could be as low as that cost, which... Uh, one of the cool things they did with us is they were the only company right now that could do 10 gig PoE. And just like Huawei, they introduced PoE into their networks, which is now. So now you're seeing the trend of introducing um, these, um, uh, the PoE into the 10 gig realm. So it's only a matter of time before you see some of our competitors starting to do the PoE as well. It's inevitable. Yeah, and, and one of the things that I think is uh, garnering you a lot of attention since ISE is your 10 gig versus 1 gig challenge. And, and that came about because you saw a video online and you responded to it by recording your own video. Talk about that story real quick. Yeah, so uh, Crestron apparently had uh, posted a video online, uh, I guess making claims about our product that were not very true. Uh, they also made some comparisons that were obviously like, well, I'll give, you know, most manufacturers are going to show their best. They're not going to show their worst and their flaws, but they didn't quite tell the story the way it should have been. So when we saw this, we made our own video, uh, which you can find at 
auroramm.com forward slash truth, as well as a document, which spells out the real differences between our 10 gig solution versus their one gig solution that they seem to be positioning against our product. And the point of it was to show the other side of things of why you don't want to use a one gig 4K60444 solution against a 10 gig. We're not saying one gig's not good. We, may, we sell them all the time, but they work great for 4K60420 and below. They're not really meant to go up against uh, a higher quality image product for the broadcast, medical, high end. It's just they're not apples to apples, they're apples to oranges. So we made that, and then we also posted some uh, test patterns and told them test pattern generators to go to. And we're basically saying, look, don't believe the manufacturers. Don't even believe us. Just test it for yourself. See for yourself what the real deal is. And that's usually the best way to do it is do your own shootout. Make your own determination and see what makes sense. And that's the best way to do it, uh, not where you just insist and trash other people. Uh, and that's kind of what happened. So we, we answered back in kind. All right. So the, the video that you have, um, I'll, link, I'll link it in the description of this uh, podcast. Uh, the video that you have, are you actually or how are you doing it? So what we did was we did a few things. The first thing we did was we showed our latency. Uh, in their video, they were claiming that the latency is identical to the 10 gig. What they're really not telling people is, and you got to listen to the key words, they're, they're claiming that their solution works as good as their HD-based T with scaling. And that's the key thing that you got to pay attention to. That's a two-frame latency all the time that you can't turn off. So they always have, have two frames of latency. Whereas when they did the test, they turned on our seamless switching, the scaling, all the buffers, which with seamless switching, of course, you're going to add frame latency to it because you have to switch on a vertical interval. However, not everybody needs to do that. And when you're doing broadcast, for example, you could turn that off with us. So you could go as little as, based on the resolution, 22 microseconds. If you're doing the full 4K 6444, you could do 100 microseconds. And even if you turn on the scaling, we're at three milliseconds versus 30 milliseconds, and we've seen it as high as three frames at times. Uh, we, we've seen inconsistencies with, their, with the way they do their frame handling, where they'll drop or duplicate frames. But the bottom line is, even taking their best into consideration, they're at the very least 29 milliseconds longer, uh, which does affect certain applications like virtual reality, medical, um, digital signs, and certain digital signage if you're doing live performances things of that nature. So in our test, we showed it where we have our, you know, scalar turned on, but not all the seamless switching and the other additional buffers that will help them out. And you'll see by the demonstration, there are always two frames behind or more. So, so let me ask you this, because they have, they did their own video, which I also saw the one that you're referring to, I think was on LinkedIn. And then I did a video cast with them uh, just uh, yesterday. And, and I'm going to post that as well. And they have, they do a side-by-side -side comparison there. They did their own side-by-side -side comparison at the at ISE. You did, or the uh, SDVOE did theirs at, at ISE, and now you have yours online. So if, if you're Correct. an if you're an integrator, and I'll post links to all these, but for for fairness, if you're an integrator, how are you to know who to believe? I mean, like, as you're saying yours is better, they're saying theirs is better. How, what should the integrator do? Like, what would you well, suggest they do? 
had, well, that's the key thing, and that's the whole point of my video at the ending of it, which is we post it online. For example, that timer, that is posted online. So here's what they do. They could take a demo of our product. They could take a demo of the Crestron product. They put them side by side. Use the same, you got to use the same screens. Uh, and then what you do is you take a computer, you, you run this video of the timer. Uh, it shows time and it shows frames. And then take a photo. And the photo is going to show you where they are relative and you'll find that the Crestron's lagging when you do the photo. So what we're saying is you don't have to believe our video. You don't have to believe their video. Just go try it yourself. It's not hard. Just take our, download our test pattern, load it into a computer, compare the two systems, take a snapshot side by side, and you're going to see they're always lagging. So do you, so you suggest that they order your product, order the Crestron product, and then do a side-by-side -side comparison? Yeah, just have, just have a demo. You know, we, we give out demo systems to try out. We, we try to, we, we back whatever we say. And we, we, you know, we always recommend in general, you know, people should never take the word of a manufacturer. Manufacturers in general are always going to put on their best. I mean, yeah, and I'll be fair about it. I'm not going to go to a trade show and say, hey, look at how bad we do this particular feature. Please buy it. No, we're, going to, we're going to obviously show what we do great. And then, if, then the weaknesses you try to put to the background. They developed the product. I'll give them credit. For a one gig product, it does a very good job. It's, I, I'm not going to take that away from them. However, where they priced it and what they're comparing it to is not very good. They're comparing it to 10 gig, which is about the same price as their one gig. And at that point, you're talking 10 gig. If I do 8K in the future with an infrastructure, I'm six to one compression. And if you're doing fiber, 330 feet, I could turn it into 40 gig. You put a one gig infrastructure in there, what are you going to do? A 50 to one compression with 8K? That's going to look insanely poor. Yeah, well, in, in the video, in the demo they did for me uh, earlier this week, they they really didn't compare themselves to the 10 gig as much as they did to the SBSI one gig product. Would, have you done a comparison of like the Crestron one gig? Cause you just made a statement that their one gig is pretty good. Are you comparing that to the SBSI one gig and they did a better job than this? No, I'll give you one better. I'll compare it to mine. If you put up the right test patterns, their one gig solution is going to look better than my one gig solution. I will not deny that. However, and this is the whole point of, of what we tell people. You also got to look at application. My one gig solution MSRPs for eight ninety eight. Their one gig solution MSRPs for eighteen hundred dollars. Now, if I do a side by side test, my one gig does it in twenty five millisecond latency. It uses only five point eight watts versus their thirty five watts. So I can work on standard Ethernet. They need special injectors, which throws another two hundred MSRP on top of that, and more wiring and complexities. Not to mention, it's a huge box that generates 35 watts of power. You've got to slap that thing on behind the display. That's not an easy thing to do. Mine's made of aluminum. It's lightweight. You slap it on the back. Different applications. You're doing digital signage, K-12, through okay. low-cost conference rooms, things like that. They don't want to pay 1,800 MSRP per drop point to throw this in there when they just want a good-looking image that, you know, even with the original next to it, it's really hard to tell the difference. So now you get into the nitpicking parts. So for those type of applications where you're cost conscious, yeah, we blow them away in the pricing, the feature capabilities, um, and what it does as a whole. Not to mention, I have a two-gang wall plate to complete an entire solution. You cannot make a wall plate with 35 watts. Once you get over six watts with a two-gang wall plate, you're a very hot wall plate, and you're not going to survive. Once you get over nine, 10 watts with a three-gang wall plate, 
it's going to get very hot and you need a micro fan or something else, 35 watts, good luck. And then if you get, an, and this is something else that I put in my, my talking about power. I mean, think about if you get a large install, you got a thousand of these in, in a facility. It's going to be 35,000 watts. I need a little power plant just for that. I wonder what the, what the power panel is going to look like to support 35,000 watts. So it's a very power-hungry device. Um, so that's another part of their problem. In it. And then you get into the image quality, and this is another part. If they were just focusing on the everyday digital signage, no one's going to nitpick it that way because at the 4K, two, at the 4K range with the 420 and stuff like that, they're sending it over malls, um, you, know, uh, you know, wherever you're putting it in, uh, casino, you get the, the point. When people look up at it, they're going to go, wow, that's a pretty good-looking image. They're not, they're not looking for perfection. They're not looking for over-the-top crazy. But when we did an image quality test, we put up basic text patterns. We put up some other random complexity patterns. And what we found because of the compression rate is sometimes it can look good and other times it will actually look um, uh, very distorted and unreadable, which you'll also see in our demonstration where you can't read that content uh, and it gets distorted at that resolution because just simply the compression rate, you're eating up the 990 megabits per second is what they're claiming in their documentation. So the problem with that is between the latency and the fact that you don't know when the colors are going to change, uh, which we have seen, they, they alter the colors, things, things get manipulated, you're compressing the heck out of it. That means you can't use it for medical, that could become a mis misdiagnosis. Broadcast doesn't tolerate that because you're adding anomalies into the image that you're going to rebroadcast. Virtual reality doesn't tolerate that either because you're, you're looking to fool the human eye and you can't have it in video walls you're adding artifacts that are going to be magnified so video walls are going to magnify in on the jpeg anomalies that are occurring so it has part to do with their price point and the fact that they're actually taking on 10 gig and trying to justify it so that video is uh we'll link to it in the description of the podcast uh, but it's uh, aurora aurora slash truth um, they can watch it's about eight minute long video. Um, Paul, I appreciate you joining me today. Uh, you're definitely passionate about, if nothing else, Paul Harris has passionate about this issue. <laughs> Thanks. You know <laughs> what? Uh, I always like good, fair competition. I, I believe that if a manufacturer makes a good product, they, they deserve the kudos and it's the job of the other manufacturers to turn around and make a better product. But at the very least, we need to be able to show what the product really does. We don't need to candy coat it. We don't need to bash other manufacturers. We just simply need to show them where what we do for what we're claiming and leave it at that and let the customers use their own know-how to make a proper decision. And I'm a firm believer of that. I mean, one, one last thing I got to tell you, because it, it is kind of funny. It, I just can't avoid it. It's just the funniest thing. Do you know that at ISC, they actually took a coffee grinder, okay? Uh, did you hear about this with the coffee grinder yeah. test? Yeah, I saw okay. yep, I saw it. Okay, I'm going to tell the viewers. They took a coffee grinder, and they took cat cable, and they wrapped it around the coffee grinder. And then they turned on the coffee grinder, and then they were hoped that the motor noise would interfere enough with the 10 gig to make it, you know, hiccup a little bit and drop some image and at times it did and at times it actually even disrupted their own but the whole point of it was who in their right mind takes a cat cable who's doing a proper install wraps it around a motor of some form and goes wow i feel better now that i know that 
this other solution could survive me wrapping it around a coffee grinder or some type of motor. Anybody who knows anything about networking will properly route the cable in the proper fashion, and they should not have those type of problems. So I don't know what they're trying to explain with the test and who they think they're going to fool, but when I talk to a lot of people, they actually insulted a lot of people more than prove a point. And it's those type of silly things that just, what does it do? The, they have a coin test one too, where they're dropping coins on a box. I, I mean, really, this is, this is what we've come to is gimmicks where you're dropping coins, where you're wrapping things around motors. This is, this is what it takes to sell a product. It's silly and it's unnecessary. We need to get back to basics of just sell your product for its merits and stop bashing other people and stick to the point. So my concept of having a shootout at Infocom underwater probably wouldn't play. Oh, no, I'm on. <laughs> my product probably will fail, but, uh, but I will put it in a bag first, so I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I'm going to throw it in one of those Ziploc bags. <laughs> right, we should do it. I think it. Actually, I think it'll be kind of funny, so we should do it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Paul. Uh, you've been listening to my Daily Rants and Rays podcast. Uh, Paul Harris of Aurora Multimedia. You can check them out at auroramm.com. Thanks for joining me, Paul. Hey, thanks so much. Joy's a blast. And thanks for listening.